You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. October 19th, 2021, Evansville, Indiana. Just before 11pm, a frantic woman flagged down an Indiana State Police trooper with a frightening story to tell. Her name was Cynthia and she was hysterical having just escaped from a house. She said the police needed to go straight over to Evansville's west side, 1801 Stinson Avenue. Cynthia had been called to the house by one of her friends, Heidi, asking for her to help clean up as they were waiting on a landlord's inspection. They ordered a pizza and cleaned a couple of the downstairs rooms before a noise could be heard coming from one of the upstairs bedrooms. Cynthia then noticed some blood on Heidi's shoes and a concealed gun that was in her possession. A few minutes later, she heard a very loud and very definite cry for help. Not sure what was going on, Cynthia tentatively sat down on what she thought was a pile of laundry. But as soon as she sat down, she felt something underneath. Slowly peeling back the blankets, she realised it wasn't a something. It was a someone, and they were very clearly dead. She ran straight for the door, but in that moment, Heidi's boyfriend appeared and instantly tried to stop her from leaving. She pushed past and managed to escape, running as fast as she could eventually flagging down the car for help. Just before midnight, Evansville police started gathering outside the house on Stinson Avenue. The events that had transpired inside up until that point were shocking and terrifying, but no one really had any idea what was going on in that moment. All police knew was what Cynthia had told them. It seemed there was a woman being held captive inside, and one man was already dead. But how many people were involved and or lived there and what actually was happening remained unclear. Body cam footage from outside the house picked up everything happening minute by minute. Before long, a man hurried out with his hands above his head. He told police his name was Jason and this was his house, but he was completely innocent in whatever it was that was going on. He said there were more people inside, including his two children, and he had instructed them to hide upstairs when he saw the flashing lights and heard the police from outside. Officers then spent several more minutes trying to get everyone else out. Another man then came out holding something in his hand that, from a distance, resembled a gun. Police said he was moving very quickly and seemed aggressive in his manner. He was ignoring their instructions to put whatever was in his hands down. It is unconfirmed what the object actually was, but it was determined that it was not a firearm. Officers said they had to act fast, and when he started moving towards them, holding his hands out in a shooting stance, they fired killing him instantly. 
As police moved in towards the house, a woman appeared as well. This woman was 36-year-old Heidi Kathleen Carter, and more body cam footage picked up her being patted down, uncovering the revolver that she had been concealing. She was then placed in handcuffs. Police finally started entering the house. As they moved through the rooms, they found a severely beaten woman tied to a bed and the lifeless body of a man that would turn out to be 50-year-old Timothy Ivy. The woman tied to the bed was Timothy's girlfriend and she was taken to hospital immediately to treat her terrible injuries. That left police with Heidi Carter. The man who had been shot and killed was her boyfriend, Carrie Hammond. We got a Heidi Carter and a Carrie Hammond. The same man that had tried to stop Cynthia from escaping. We start tonight by following up with the disturbing details behind the murder on Stenson Avenue on Evansville's west side. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brad Bird. And I'm Shelley Kirk. The news broke when Evansville police shot and killed a man who looked like he was wielding a gun. But we are now learning the events leading up to that shooting are horrific. Police said they were still trying to find out what on earth had happened. And as they approached Jason, who lived at the property, he was able to give some clarification. He said he had been out until about 8pm and got back, not realising anything was wrong. He said he had gone straight to bed when he came home as he was suffering from kidney stones and was in a lot of pain. He said his family were the same, having not been home long, and having not seen anything untoward either. Jason said he and his family were in total shock, and the police were satisfied that none of them knew anything or were involved in any way. For those who may not know me, I'm Sergeant Anna Gray with the Evansville Police Department. Around 11 p.m., Evansville police officers were dispatched to the area of Stinson Avenue and James Avenue to assist Indiana State Police for a possible kidnapping and murder. Officers from multiple agencies, including EPD, arrived on scene and found out the incident actually occurred at 1801 Stinson Avenue. The reporter was still on scene and told officers that she went to the residence to visit with Heidi Carter. While she was inside the residence, she saw a dead body and ran out of the home to get help. A male resident walked out of the home, complied with officers, and told officers that there were other individuals still inside, including his two teenage children. Officers located 36-year-old Heidi Carter outside of the home near a vehicle. Officers surrounded the home and called out other residents with a loud verbal command, also using a loudspeaker. Over the next four minutes, officers continued to yell commands at another male that they could see just inside the doorway. After officers gave numerous loud verbal commands, the male disregarded their commands and rushed out of the front door in an aggressive manner. He was holding an object in his hand that he pointed at officers. Once officers were able to determine that the suspect was no longer a threat, they moved him behind cover to render aid and allowed other officers to safely clear the home. The suspect was pronounced dead on scene. Once officers cleared the home, the two juveniles were located upstairs and were unharmed. Officers located an adult female victim who had been tied up, shackled, and had visible injuries. She was taken to a local hospital for treatment. Detectives obtained a signed search warrant for the home. Another individual was located inside the residence, but unfortunately was deceased and beyond help. Detectives learned that the male suspect, along with Heidi Carter, murdered the individual who was found deceased inside the residence. After reviewing witness statements, body camera footage, 
and other video footage, we believe that all officers from the Evansville Police Department, Vandenberg County Sheriff's Office, and Indiana State Police relied on their training and did an exceptional job under extremely stressful circumstances. It was determined that neither Heidi nor Carrie had lived at 1801 Stinson Avenue. Jason said he had invited Heidi into his home as she was living in a motel and needed somewhere to stay. Carrie would come over a lot and the pair were constantly fighting. Jason said he had asked her not to have anyone over because of his children and the issues with Carrie. I was only trying to help an individual out, he told the police. Well, I spoke to a detective here at EPD who was the supervisor on scene, trying, as, as authorities were trying to figure out what was happening at that Stinson Avenue address. Now, he tells me that this was an absolutely wild situation for everyone involved. And as you know, it goes along, you start to think this is almost like a, a, a real-life episode of Dateline. At first, we weren't sure if it was you know, a valid complaint by the woman. Of course, we want to treat, due to the seriousness of the, the complaint, treated as valid, but there's still part of you that thinks, well, maybe that isn't really happening because it seems almost unbelievable. You had officers who were staged all along the front of the home um, using um, things such as, you know, police vehicles as, as barricades and cover. Uh, you know, there were some trees out there that officers were behind as well. This is the, an open doorway right here. They can actually see movement where somebody is kind of going in and out of the doorway and they are telling him, we see you, we see you, come out, show us your hands, show us your hands. They're giving him commands, you know, come out, come out. I mean, it happens very fast. He comes out quickly and there are officers in front of him. He comes out and he doesn't show his hands. He has his hands out in front and he is holding an object out and pointing it. This is a shooter stance. Police say if Hammond would have walked out of the home as officers told him to do, the situation would have ended differently. The suspect is deceased and we can't ask him these type of questions. But when you are surrounded by police officers and you come out with an object that appears to be a gun and you're pointing it like it's a gun, I hate to use the word assume, but I can only assume that that is going to, in, in somebody's mind, go, this is going to get me shot. He came out, gun drawn, which looked like a gun to me. And when he came out, looked like he was going to start firing, they, uh, they shot him. With their main suspect, Carrie Hammond, now dead, it was down to Heidi to talk. And after she was in custody, she went through what she said had happened. In her interview, she was frantic, agitated, and emotionally all over the place. One minute crying, the next falling asleep, when the detective left the room. She said that earlier in the day, she had started talking to the female victim on a dating app. They arranged for both her and Timothy to come over to the house. Once there, they all drank and took drugs, before having consensual sex. At some point that afternoon, Carrie had come to the house, and found the three together. According to Heidi and the other woman, he completely lost it, grabbed a baseball bat, and started beating Timothy with it. The female victim, who has not been named, told police that she and Timothy were both restrained by Carrie and Heidi, and duct tape was put over their mouths as well. A tirade of physical and sexual abuse ensued over the next few hours. Timothy's girlfriend said that Carrie had raped her repeatedly and that Heidi was holding a gun to her while she was being attacked, encouraging Carrie to do it. She said that Heidi told the couple that she knew people that could help them dispose of the bodies, 
and she didn't care if they died. With Timothy still trying to break free and escape, Carrie eventually strangled him to death with his belt, before both he and Heidi moved his body into another room and tried to conceal it. Heidi, however, was adamant that she never held the gun inside the house and only had it on her after she walked out the front door before she was arrested, something which Timothy's girlfriend, Anne Cynthia, said wasn't true. Heidi claimed she only acted like she was restraining the couple, but didn't actually do anything. There are a lot of things I should have done different, she said, adding that she had inadvertently helped Carey by not stopping him. She also admitted to the interviewing officer that she had told the pair she would be able to get rid of their bodies if they died, but she was still maintaining she was just going along with Carey for her own safety. Given what both she and the female victim were saying, to the detectives, Heidi's story just wasn't making sense. Heidi had even left the house temporarily, and instead of running for help, she came back and carried on with Carey. Heidi Carter was arrested and booked into the Vandenberg County Confinement Center for the following charges. Murder. Two counts of intimidation with a weapon. Rape. Two counts of felony criminal confinement. Assisting a criminal carrying a handgun without a license, and abuse of a corpse. Evansville police now asking for the public's help, looking for possible victims of other crimes who may have been harmed by the suspects in the Stinson Avenue homicide. Carrie Hammond and Heidi Carter are the two people police say were responsible for the list of crimes in the Stinson Avenue homicide. And now police are asking any additional victims or anybody with additional information to reach out. Police said that both she and Carrie had long rap sheets with past arrests including battery, breaking and entering, giving false police statements, theft, disorderly conduct and criminal mischief. accused in an unusual murder plot in Evansville has her trial date set. Uh, Heidi Carter is scheduled to stand trial at June 13th. In 2022, Heidi's trial began, and at the recommendation of her lawyer, she did not testify. The jury watched hours of video, including the entire interrogation of Heidi, after she was taken into custody. That video alone was over two hours long. In court, Heidi sat looking at the floor the whole time. Timothy's girlfriend also gave her testimony as well. Two of the trial of an Evansville woman accused of rape and confinement has come to a close. 37-year-old Heidi Carter was arrested in October of 2021. Mitch, now that the second day has wrapped up, what's in store for tomorrow? Yeah, well, Jordan, it was another busy day in court as the prosecution is speeding through this trial. Both they and the defense came to rest today after hours of video and testimony. Today alone, we also heard from multiple EPD officers and an Indiana State Police forensic analyst. Tomorrow, we'll hear final arguments and deliberation, so a lot has been said in two short days, but I'll go over the bigger points of day two. This morning, we began with over a half an hour of body cam footage from four officers. We also saw footage of officers discovering Ivy's body. While the clip played of them revealing Ivy's corpse wrapped up in blankets, Carter looked down and would not face the jury nor the screen. We followed another body cam as Carter was patted down on scene, revealing the revolver that was in her pants. That same firearm was brought out of evidence and shown to the court today. The jury stayed until a little before 5 to go over all the evidence so far, and come 8.30 tomorrow, they'll get back together to do the same. 
After that, we'll hear final arguments from the prosecution and the defense, and before things are turned over then to the 14-person jury to decide what the future holds for Heidi Carter. After just two days, in November 2022, the state of Indiana rested its case. In December, after 12 hours of deliberations, Heidi Carter was found guilty of just one of the charges, which was possession of a handgun without a permit. The jury couldn't make a decision on her other charges, and the judge declared a mistrial. Developing overnight, an Evansville woman on trial, accused of confinement and rape, will get a new court date. The jury spent all week listening to the case of 37-year-old Heidi Carter. They did find her guilty of count five, possession of a handgun without a permit. That's a misdemeanor. But other more serious charges were not decided on and were ruled a mistrial. While the state pushed for a guilty verdict on all counts, the defense says none of this would have happened if not for Hammond. They asked the jury if they were firmly convinced she's guilty. This is a, a case that I felt strong, very strongly about. Um, the, the state of Indiana made the decision to prosecute Ms. Carter. Um, what I argued to the jury was for the crimes of another person. Um, and at this point, um, now that there has been a mistrial declared, it's going to be up to the state of Indiana whether or not they want to continue to pursue this case. Yesterday, the prosecution did say one of Carter's rape charges would be dropped. They will be back in court December 9th to decide on those charges. Heidi Carter is now scheduled to go back on trial in February of 2023. The reality is, it is hard to know the full extent of what happened inside the house on Stinson Avenue back in October 2021. We will continue to follow this case and bring you updates with it as and when they happen.